This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. And we are back. This is an AMI Audio Live. The hosts of Kelly and Company, Rami Amuth and Kelly McDonald. And um, we're doing a lot of talking today about CNIB. And if, if maybe you've slept in today and kind of been under a rock for the rest of the day, you need to understand this is a big day. We're celebrating 100 years of CNIB and we're having a blast talking to different people, getting their stories, getting their thoughts and their feelings about an organization that for many of us is very, very dear to us, Ramya. Absolutely. And, you know, Kels, we get to talk to clients. We get to talk to people at the CNIB working with clients who have disabilities. But uh, we also like to hear from parents. So Mm -hmm. right now we have the pleasure of speaking with Luke Lemoyne. He is uh, a dad of Emily, who is a client of the CNIB. Thanks for joining us today, Luke. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it was a pleasure. So just as a little bit of background, you and your wife, Rita, are fearless parents of Emily. This was the uh, quote that was given to me. So I just want you to describe what fearless exactly means to you. I think to me, fearless means not being scared to have Emily try just about anything. Um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of our friends that have kids with disabilities sometimes tend to be a little overprotective. And for some reason, we just kind of went the other way. You know, Emily overcame a lot of things when she was born. And I think for that reason, it's for me, it's for us, my wife and I, it's really important that she just experience as many things as possible in as many ways as she can. So we're really big on having her try different things. Uh, I mean, she's gone zip lining. We do a lot of fishing, both on the ice, uh, on open water. She's a downhill skier. Uh, you know, we've got a tandem bike. We do some of that. Uh, she's been on my motorcycle before. So she's tried a lot of different things and, and she really enjoys that. So we really try to push her as much as we can to do that. So Luke, let's think about it. Let's close your eyes and picture for mm-hmm. me the scariest thing that where you saw her doing something that you really weren't sure you really wanted this happening. And was that part of the turning of the corner or are those, those times still likely to be even more ahead? Well, you know, I can't say I've ever been scared for her because I honestly have never put her in a situation that's been truly dangerous. I'm always really careful about that. But I think I kind of see it from her perspective, and I think it's probably been a bit scary a few times. I mean, it was really, really hard to get her to take that step off a platform when she was ziplining and have her go down the zipline because she's stepping off into nothing. It was hard for me to do it. It was even harder for her. Um, so those kind of things I think might have been a bit scary for her, but you know, I made sure she was safe every time and I was there with her. I don't expect her to do stuff I won't do. So I made sure that, you know, I knew it was going to turn out well. So I was pretty confident. Now she's 15 right now, correct? She turned 16 just yesterday, actually. Oh, yeah. Wow. So happy yeah. Birthday. Yeah. Happy <laughs> birthday to Emily. Yeah. So as she gets older though, do you find that there's different things that you're dealing with that, you know, depending on the situation is more or less challenging, but uh, specifically as a child with a disability and as a teenager, uh, she's growing up around people who don't have disabilities. Do you feel as parents that could be different uh, because your your child has a disability? Yeah, it can be. We're really conscious of that. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The older she gets, 
the more complicated that is. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's complicated. I mean, I think, I mean, you said the T word, teenager. So, Wind <laughs> <laughs> you know. up their own. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one of the things that sometimes we have to remind ourselves of, because uh, Rita and I uh, just have one child, Emily, and we don't parent typical children. So sometimes she'll do things that maybe will get under our skin or behaviors or, or just have an attitude, you know, as teenagers can. And, and, you know, we'll have to remind ourselves that, that it's actually kind of normal, that it's not out of the ordinary. You know, we were watching what I can't remember what movie it was, but for the thousandth time. And I said to Rita, yeah, but she keeps watching the same movie over and over. And she said, yeah, but you know, typical kids do that. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right. So yeah, it's more complicated, but I don't really think that it's any more difficult than uh, for people with a typical child. I mean, those stressful situations happen to all of us. I mean, what is typical? Well, well, exactly. And I know adults that will rewatch, reread Harry Potter, for example, a hundred times. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I've seen The Big Lebowski about a million times. I know what it's like. Yeah, and the things that I feel, that's what I'm I'm really, I have my things and I just, oh yeah, who would reread that or who would watch that? And people say to me, yeah, what about how many times have you watched Gilligan's Island? Um, as, as a parent with a child with a disability mm-hmm. and your involvement with the CNIB, and I happen to know that Emily's parents are a little more than Emily's parents. They're also some staunch, make available their time and resources to the best of their ability to be a part of this organization yeah, and, and a helping level. Talk a little bit about that, please. Well, you know, I mean, obviously we've been involved with CNIB for 16 years now, right from the start with Emily. And, and I just think that when I have people from CNIB giving their best all the time and, and, uh, I'm really conscious of that. And we've always had great service from people in CNIB. And let's face it, we go to CNIB events and we feel like they're a family. I mean, they're giving their best. The least I can do is give back a little bit. So whenever I get a phone call from CNIB that says, you know, we'd like you to come represent us at an event or, or, you know, would you like to take part in this celebration we're having or whether it's a summer camp that they're doing with Emily or whatever it is, we're always there. We always try to take advantage of it as best we can. And whatever support we can give them, we try to lend it to them as well because I know that they do a ton for us. They do a ton for a lot of people. And quite frankly, I think they do it without a lot of financial support. And I think the least I can do is give them some some moral support by just being there for them because they're giving us their all. So I try to give them my all as well. And so does Rita and Emily too. That's beautiful. Now, how has CNIB's uh, role changed in yours, Rita's, and Emily's lives? Or uh, has it changed at all? Or has it increased, decreased? As uh, as you said, you started from day one with them. Yeah. I think initially, you know, the role was really, what do we do now? Right? We've got a blind child. I'm not blind. Rita's not blind. What do we do? How do we start? Where where do we go first? And they were there for us right from the beginning. You know, I think back to Lisa, one of the people here in Regina, uh, who was one of the first people we met with Emily. And I think it, it started by really just pointing us in the right direction, giving us pointers on what to do, how to handle it, how to be parents. I mean, let's face it, nobody gets a manual for that. We're all pretty scared, no matter what kind of child we have. And I think it just kind of grew from there into being able to take advantage of the, the, the maximum amount of things out there and, and get ideas uh, about, you know, what to try, what to do, how to do it, who to talk to, who's done it before. And, and I think the important thing is that we've always been able to just call CNIB. If we've had questions, we've done that. We know we can call Lisa. We know we can call Teresa. We, you know, they're all our friends, all the people that work there. And, you know, I'm missing some names, but we know all of them. And I'm never afraid to just get a hold of them and say, hey, we want to try this. Where do we start? And, and I think it's, it's really good to know that there's somebody there for you that way that can help you out with that. You know, it's it's one of those things, Rummy and I both being 
uh, blind. And the reality is we know our experience. We know our experience growing up with our parents. One of the things we don't necessarily know is, are those feelings when you're told or when you realize that your child is, is has a vision loss, mm-hmm. uh, blindness, and what kinds of things the parents go through. It's, yep, great when you can reach out to CNIB, have that support. But can you share with us any of those, some of those things that you guys right from the start uh, dealt with, experienced, felt that, you know, maybe you can share to other people going through the same thing? Yeah, that was, you know, that was really tough finding out Emily was going to be blind. We knew there was a chance of it. There was a lot of things that could have gone wrong. Emily had a very difficult start. She was a preemie and was born very, very early and very tiny. I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I've heard people refer to it this way, and I think they're right. It, it's, it's a bit like grieving. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a shock. Yeah. You, you've lost something because now you know that maybe your child's never going to be able to see the sunrise or all the beautiful things we see in life. But then you come to a realization after a while that, you know, they're going to see things differently from you. It doesn't mean they're not going to see them, and they're going to experience them differently from you. It doesn't mean they're not going to experience them. So I think initially it was a little hard to get over, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was a tough few years in the beginning. But with time, we just got used to the idea, and I don't really think about it much anymore. I think I think a lot of people see Emily and and see her blindness first, and I don't really think that way. You know, she's just Emily. She is who she is. She does things the way she does things, and I'm okay with it. I just try to support her as best I can. But it is a long process, and it's hard. I mean, I won't lie. It's a hard process. But you know what? In the end, you know, it may take you a while, but you'll get there, and, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and things will be fine, you know? At the end of the day, you're a mom and a dad. Yeah. Want to protect no matter what your child has or doesn't have if one wants yeah. to. You know, the fact is... The first order of business is I'm protecting my child. I don't care how old they are. Exactly. Yeah, we're all the same that way. Nobody's different that way, you know. How do you handle sometimes, you know, knowing that you kind of have a CNIB as an entity who can give you uh, their thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. on different um, situations, challenges yep. you may have, and then there's you and your wife uh, trying to raise uh, Emily, who is now a teenager. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with the challenge of sometimes disagreeing what, what other people may have done or what other people suggest to you? Well, I think the biggest thing is communication. You know, we, we talk things through. I mean, we don't always agree on things. So I think it's okay to disagree. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the important thing is to talk about things. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's good to get an outside opinion. You know, little things. Like we struggled for a long time on how to figure out how to have Emily get toothpaste on her toothbrush. And we had an idea, and it wasn't working out, and we finally talked to Lisa, and Lisa said, well, you know, there's an easier way. Why don't you just do this? I said, well, we didn't really want to do that. And we tried it, and within two or three days, it was fine. So Lisa was right, you know? So you you got to just get a second opinion and try yeah. different things and, and talk, you know? You're never always going to agree. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing, but communication's key. And it yeah. doesn't take from the error. knowledge you have gained on your own dealing with your child that could help somebody else that may be different or a different, maybe not as conventional even as the norm, and that's okay. So this is a, a very big week, Luke. What have you guys, what are you involved in? What have you guys been doing as I see everybody around us just celebrating CNIB Centenary? Well, we went to uh, a reception a couple days ago at the legislature, met some politicians, uh, managed to speak to the premier of the province a few times uh, for a few minutes. And I think we're just we're just celebrating. I, I think it's something to be proud of. I'm proud of the fact that we've been involved with CNIB for the last 16 years. I'm proud of, of them, of all the work they've done and the good things they've done, of our friends that all work there. And I think, you know, for once, rather than have it necessarily focused on their clients, I think it's nice to have it focused on them and just to be there to celebrate. They asked us to cut the cake tonight at the celebration. Emily's excited to do that. 
And uh-huh. and I think it's just nice to um, to sort of give back and celebrate them and put the spotlight on them because they really deserve it and we're really happy to take part in that. You'll have to probably remove Ramya here away from the cake because my co-host is all about the cake. We're still trying to figure out how we can get CNIBs across the country to send us cake so we can join in on everybody's celebration one way or another. Well, you may have to wrestle Emily for a piece I of cake. I mean, I'm ready. Oh, I'm going to tell her that. Luke, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to hear the perspective of a, a parent uh, who's been raising, um, especially a teenager, uh, and, and Emily is a very lucky to have you guys as parents. Luke Lemoyne joins us. He is CNIB client Emily, uh, who is 16. Uh, he's one of uh, her father, not one of, but one of her parents. <laughs> And we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Of course, the interviews continue. We're going to get a chance for us, the crew of Kelly and Company, to meet up with um, Becky there. She's going to join us. She's one of our community reporters right here on AMI-audio as this AMI-audio live program continues from Regina right after this. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.